0: Welcome to the podcast of Covenant Life Church in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We'd love for you to join us if you're in the area on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. We hope that you enjoy this message from Pastor Robert Floyd. Well, we've been talking about um, living abundant life, having that abundant life, uh, John ten ten the thief cometh not but to steal kill and destroy and he said but Jesus said but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly so we've been talking about how do I have that abundant life how do I walk in that um, you know I'm not satisfied with living my life and just calling myself a Christian and attending church that's that's not enough for me I've got to have something that's real. I've got to have something that's living, something that's alive in my life, something that, that, that is, is a part of my life. And, and I don't know about you, um, but the other thing is, is I'm not hoping to one day maybe scrape by and make it into heaven. I, I want to go to heaven in victory, not in defeat. Do, I need a section maybe up here. Maybe get the choir and band back up there. Amen. I mean, I, I don't know. Do, do, do you agree with that? Amen. All right, just checking. You know, you may need to reach over and make sure your neighbor has a pulse or something. <laughs> Amen. If they have a smart check their heart rate or, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, that's my heart. That's for me and my family is I, I, I want this thing. And I say it. I'm not saying it like it's not. This is real for me. This is life for me. This, I'm not saying it's easy, but this is life. And, and, and I can honestly look back and say that God has given me and given my family an abundant life. And that's not just because it's not necessarily in the realm of, of one area, it's in everything. And that's what God's heart is, that's what his, his plan is for you and I. So we've been talking about how do we have that, how do we walk that out in our life. And so the first Sunday we talked about being willing to receive the word of God. Amen. That you have to have ears to hear. You have to be willing to receive the word of God into your life. And so many times we just the word just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Sometimes we're we're checking, you know, on our phones, we're we're caught up with stuff with that and, and checking different things, but but we're not really listening. We're not really receiving. Right? So we talked about that. You can go back and and get the podcast on that. And then the next week we talked about believing the word. That I actually have to believe that the word is true. I mean, we have a, 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 a challenge in the body of Christ today of people whether they really believe in the validity and the infallibility of the word of God. Where they're questioning And they're relegating parts of the Word of God to just cultural instead of realizing that the Word of God is principle-based. It may have been written in a certain time frame and in a certain cultural context, but the principles of the Word of God don't change. The truth of the Word of God doesn't change. And if you and I don't believe the Word of God, then you don't have anything to stand on. The only thing you're left with is what the Bible says is what is right in your own eyes. What you're left with outside of the word of God is your opinion. And you, you, everybody has an opinion. But just because you have one doesn't make it right. Amen. Now I'm not fussing at you. I'm just saying you're entitled to an opinion. And in America, we all think that we're right. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I want to tell you right now, if your opinion doesn't line up with what the Word says, then you're going to have a belief issue. You're going to have a belief problem. And you're going to expect God to respond in a way in which He's not going to. And you may get by with certain things in this life, but don't forget that there is a, if I can say it, is there is a reckoning. There is an accountability here. In our life, we're going to stand before the Lord. The good news is, as a believer, I'm not standing before the the throne of judgment in the sense of me being judged for my sins. They're paid for. As a believer, though, I am going to stand before the Lord, and I'm going to have to give an account for the life that I did live. There is accountability. And so when we start taking the word of God and we start fudging it and looking at it from the standpoint of just my opinion, well, I know that's what his word, but this is, let me tell you what I believe about what he just said. Well, you know, I realize there can be some areas, obviously, where there's differences of opinion. But in the crucial things, there's not a whole lot of difference. It's the truth. Amen. Amen. And so we have to be willing to believe the word of God and I have to be willing to believe it for me. Amen. I have to be willing to lay hold of that and say, you know what? I believe what the word says right here. And so I don't care what you say. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what your philosophy is. I don't care what your culture is telling me at this point, what culture says. I'm going to stand upon the word of God and I'm going to believe what the word says because I believe that it is the truth. Amen? All right, so the next one is, is that we need to be able to um, confess the word of God. And these are all just very simple. The problem is it's like they're so simple that nobody does them. We want the deep. I want to know who the Antichrist is. Well, it really doesn't matter who he is if you don't know how to live day to day for Jesus. Well, I want to know when Jesus is coming back. Well, he's coming back. That's about all you need to know at this point. You need to live every day as though he's coming back today. You see, it's like we want the deep stuff, which is fine. But the Apostle Paul also said to the church, he said, listen, I want to feed you something deep. He says, but you can't handle but milk. So I'm not telling you that this morning. I'm just revisiting to make sure we know how to do the basics. Because if we don't know how to do the basics, then we're not going to be able to walk in the deep stuff. Right? <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 the Bible says that the Word of God is living and powerful. It's living and powerful. It's living and powerful. The Word of God is living and powerful. Your opinion is not living and powerful. The Word of God is living and powerful. I'm not, I'm not putting you down. What I'm wanting you to understand is you and I have to decide where we're rooted in. Right? Right? Because what I'm going to show you is that the confession of your lying is going to flow out of whatever you're rooted in. If you always are always giving everybody your opinion, then that's what's in your heart. Amen. But if the word of God's flowing out of you, amen, then that's what's going to be in your heart. So... It's living and powerful. The Bible says sharper than a double-edged or two-edged sword, and it divides, divides out the soul and the spirit, right, the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the intents of the heart. Or the attitude of the heart. It discerns. So the word of God is powerful. It's living. And it is, is, is sharper than a double-edged or two-edged sword. What does that mean? It means that it is able to go in and cut out and divide out and separate what is opinion. What is feeling. What is fleshly. Amen. It's able to separate that out from what is spiritual. And what is the truth. See, the Word of God, when you invest that into your life, it actually goes in. It begins to cut out those things that are not godly, those things that are not spiritual, and it separates that. Sometimes it's just necessary to separate something. Let me give you an example. Your emotions in themselves aren't bad. You know, sometimes I think we get a little crazy and, and think that we ought to not have any emotions, and that's not true. God gave them to you. They did not come after the curse. Okay, just amen. Thank you, Miss Sherry. Thank you for that. All right. $100 for you after... No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. I'm going to be paying people after service for good amen. Amen. So. May have to try that, huh? <laughs> Just kidding. We don't do that. So, <laughs> um, so it, but, but, but it'll help you when you're in a situation that evokes a lot of emotion. It can help you separate that out so that you don't get lost in your emotion or get caught up in your emotion and do dumb stuff you see what i'm saying so it's not always that it's cutting out sin sometimes it's just separating things out so that we can approach things with wisdom and make good decisions how many of you know the bible says you can get angry it just says don't sin you you don't have to smile at everybody right There are times where there's a righteous anger. There are times when anger can rise up. It just says don't don't let that cause you to sin. You know, we're not called to be passive whiny babies in the house. Right? All right. Moving on. Glory to God. Jesus said in John 6, 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. Now listen to what he's saying. The flesh profits nothing. So everything that's born out of the flesh that is fleshly in nature uh, at its core, it profits nothing. It's not saying that it's, it's all bad. It's just saying that it's not profitable. That's why Paul said that all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. You know, a lot of times we spend so much time trying to justify what we can do Not realizing that many times what you can do isn't profitable. It doesn't profit you. It doesn't help you. Amen. Man. Hallelujah. All right. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And listen to what Jesus is saying. He said the words, now listen. He said the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They're spirit and they are life. So they are spirit in nature, spirit in operation, spirit in power, amen, and they bring forth life. The word of God brings forth life. Right, So I'm laying this foundation so you understand because when you begin to confess out of your mouth and you begin to declare out of your mouth, when you declare and confess out of faith because you've received it and you've believed it and now it's coming out of your life, then it's bringing life into whatever you're speaking it over. See, it's not, you don't get to just go around just speaking and, and you know, I, I say it this way, just because you say the right thing in the, in the company of others, doesn't mean that that's what actually is always coming out of your mouth. Man, I've, I've known believers for, for years and then to find out that, you find out that there weren't a believer. Or something down the way just really got off. But they always were able to say the right thing at the right time. It's being familiar with spiritual things. I know how to throw out some verses. I can throw out some verses to you. I can sound real spiritual. But that doesn't make me spiritual. Right? So I've got to realize that there's power. There's life. There's authority in the words in which I speak. Proverbs 8.21 in the message. It says words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words kill. They give life. They're either poison or they're fruitful. They're, 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 you choose. It's your decision. You decide. Are my words going to speak life? Are my words going to speak life into a situation? Are they going to speak the truth into a situation? Are they going to speak what God says into a situation? You see, if you go back and you read uh, uh, about the creation of the world, in John chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus and the Word were there and nothing was made without him, right? And then Hebrews says that, it says so that the things which were made, the natural things, it says, I'm just summing it up for you, it says that they were made by the unseen things. In other words, the spiritual things that God, that, that God is, he is spirit. The Bible said he's spirit. And so spiritual things actually are more real and more powerful than the natural things in which you live and see. It's all in the word. Amen? I, I don't have time to dig in deeper. Maybe we'll do that on Wednesday. But I want you to understand this. Because we sometimes, we let what we see be the determinant of really what's going on and what's happening, and it becomes the litmus or the controlling factor of our life instead of us letting the controlling factor, the litmus test, the power of our life be the outflow of the Word of God and spiritual things in our life. It's, we're letting natural things conform us. That's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. And so if you look at that verse, when he says don't be conformed by this world, what he's saying is, is don't let outside pressure mold you into something. Because that's what the world is doing. The world is trying to mold you into something. It's trying to dictate to you who you are what you should believe, what your opinion should be, what you should wear, what you shouldn't. I'm not trying to go off on a kick here. I'm just saying that you don't want to let the outside things of life pressure or conform you. He says rather than that, you need to be transformed. You need to be changed. Kind of like, you know, when a caterpillar makes a (coughs) cocoon and then it comes out a butterfly, amen? It's totally transformed. Well, that's what God wants in your life and my life, is there to be a transformation. Well, how does that happen? It happens by the Word of God. The Word of God has the ability to transform your life. So you don't have the right to say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, it is the way you are, but it doesn't have to be the way that you will be. Well, that's just the way my life is. It might be that way today, but it's not without the ability of God to change it and to transform it. You may have an anger problem today, but that doesn't mean you have to keep that problem. You see what I'm saying? You may have an addiction today, but that doesn't mean you have to live that way for the rest of your life. The world says once an alcoholic always. God says, no way. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Doesn't mean the enemy won't try to revisit that area, but that's not who I am anymore. You know, when I've walked through things in my life and different challenges of of my past and and, and even things in heritage, things that were passed down, and, and I would find myself struggling with those things, what I would do whenever I would deal with that, I'd say, that's not who I am anymore. I would, I would verbally say that out of my mouth. That's not who I am anymore. I'm not that person. I'm not that person. I don't live like that. I don't act like that. I don't have to do that. I don't have to be confined by that. That's not who I am anymore. But see, I had to release that. I had to declare it out of my mouth. So Romans ten eight through 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. Now listen, the word, talking about the word of God, is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. All right? That is, so he's, he's telling us the word. He's defining what that word is. That is the word of faith which we preach. This morning, the word of faith that is being preached to you is near you. It's not far from you this morning. It's right there. It's right near you this morning. It's within your grasp to lay hold of it this morning for your life. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We talked about this before. The word "saved" is the word "sozo. It's the word that means to be made whole. It doesn't mean take it to heaven. It does not mean that. When you read that word, they're saved, it's not going to translate into ticket to heaven. I got ringside seats. You know what I'm saying? I got courtside seats in heaven. You know, I'm not in the nosebleed. I'm down by the, no, that's not what it says. It means to be made whole. That means your marriage made whole. That means you being made whole. That means your past being forgiven. That means your body being made whole. That means your finances being made whole. That means your peace, your emotional well-being made whole, complete, lacking nothing. Amen? Amen. Amen. (laughs) And so it says, for what the heart one believes unto righteousness, and what the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So he says, this is the pattern for salvation in your life. With the heart, one believes. Right? So with my heart, that's my believer. Not my physical blood pumping. It's the inner man. Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart. It's the real me. With my heart, with the innermost part of me, I'm believing under righteousness. I do that by faith. That faith comes from the word of God that's being preached. That's near me. You see what I'm saying? So when I received that word, I had the capacity to believe that word. You're not without that capacity this morning. You're not without the ability to believe the word of God this morning. You may have things going on in your life. You may come in here full of confusion. You may have come in here with a preconceived idea of who God is and what he's doing or not doing. But when the word of God goes forth, it pierces straight to the heart. And you have the opportunity and the capacity to say, I receive it. I believe that for myself, for my life. I have that ability. Amen. Amen. But if I'm walking just in my opinion, then what it does is now it has to filter. Even though it's not required, we want to take it and filter it. And we filter it by past experience. We filter it by the last church I attended. We filter it by what the world's saying. We filter it by what's going on in my life instead of just taking it and saying, you know what, I believe that. Faith does not require your opinion to work. Faith does not require your mental assent to work. Listen, the, the, the lame man at the gate, beautiful, Peter walks by and he says, I need some money. And Peter says, hey, I don't have any money. Silver and gold, I have not. All right, just making sure. Um, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, he reaches forward and says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Do you think he had time to figure out and decide and filter it through to see if he could walk? Do you think he even understood in a natural um, mental capacity what needed to take place to make him walk? No, he believed and he got up and walked. And, and, and even in the church, we've let so much of our opinion come in and to, to, to try to explain away what God can and can't do. Who told you that? Who told you that you couldn't be healed? Well, you know, somebody said God was trying to teach me something. Well, who told you that, that you couldn't have your needs met? Well, somewhere down the line, somebody told me in order to be spiritual, I need to be poor. Well, you know, so-and-so, and they I have this, and they, listen, quit worrying about what everybody else has or doesn't have, and why don't you deal with you? Amen. Amen. Look, sometimes we're so worried about everybody else. The problem is, is you're worrying about people that you know nothing about, and then you, you want to offer your opinion. God, let me give you my opinion about who this person is or, or what they should do or shouldn't do. You know, they ought to... You ought to just obey the Lord for yourself. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox on that. <laughs> let me get back on the carpet. So we believe with our heart confession is made unto salvation, right? Confession is made unto salvation. When we confess the word of God, now listen, when we confess the word of God, that confession is to speak it, but it's not just a, it's not just a rambling and going on and just saying something without there being any of faith attached to it. When you confess and the, when we talk Romans 10 9, 10, 9, and 10, now listen to me, when we confess the word of God, you're confessing the, unto salvation because I've believed it, right? So this isn't a just kind of, well, if I say this scripture on many, and, you know, I go home and say it a hundred times, you know, kind of like when you're in school, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, got in trouble and would have to write lines on the board or on a page, you know, I'll not chew gum or, you know, something like that, you know? Um, you didn't help me, didn't matter, just wrote it out and chewed gum, you know, didn't. So, um, but you know what I'm saying? It's not that it is, there's an intent. So I am declaring what I believe. I'm declaring what I believe in my heart. I'm not saying you're not going to be challenged in your mind. I'm not saying that you're not going to have situations where that belief system comes into question because of what you're seeing or because what you're perceiving or what's taking place in your life. I'm not saying you won't have those challenges. But if, if I'm believing the word of God and I truly believe the Word of God, then I realize that I'm not moved by that. That that doesn't have to dictate to me what I believe. I get to lay hold of what the Word says, and I can stand on the Word because God is faithful to His Word. He does not fail His Word. When we trust in His Word, He says we will not be ashamed for believing it. And listen, you know, I I, I don't know where you are today. I mean, some of you I know a little bit because you tell me, but I don't know where everybody is today as far as in your life and what you're going through and what you've been through and all of that. I don't have to. God knows. And you can sit here and you 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 can hold on to your opinion so strongly. It's your right and your prerogative. But don't get mad at God or the church for not coming through or doing what they said or this or that. And, 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 and God not meeting you where you want him to meet you because you refuse to believe what his word says. So many times in life we want to put it off and blame God. Like God's not perfect. God, it's your fault, my life. No, it's not his fault. We live in a world that it's everybody else's fault but mine. It's my boss's fault. It's the employee's under me fault. It's my co-worker's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my husband's, you know, fault. It's it's everybody's fault. You never get out of where you are being a victim. You have to take responsibility, and the moment you do that, then you can have an answer and get out of it. It's possible, and God wants it. God wants it for you. He loves you. He wants to see you flourish. He wants to see you succeed. You're worth it. Listen to me. You're worth it. Your life is worth fighting for. Your marriage is worth fighting for. Your kids are worth fighting for. Your, 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 your marriage, your, 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 your calling, the things that, that, that God's given, they're worth the fight. And you're worth it. You are worth it. Jesus died for you because he declared you were worth it. Don't sell yourself short and believe all that mess. That you're not good enough, and you're this, and you're that, and you'll never, and this. No, you're worth it. Amen. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Anybody ever talked to themselves before? I think to myself a lot, but I talk to myself. You know, playing Sports you know do something stupid and man you know you idiot you know why'd you you know getting on to yourself or talking or or being in a situation you're trying to pump yourself up you know man you got this you can do this you can you know what i'm saying right (laughs) there's power in that whenever we declare the word of god over ourselves See, when you begin to speak out of your mouth and declare what God's Word says about you and you believe that, it brings change into your life. It brings transformation into your life. It's powerful. Why? Because the Word of God is living and powerful. So whenever I speak that, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's power. That's life that I'm speaking over myself, that I'm declaring over myself. I'm confessing out of my life. I have a good marriage. I have a great husband. I have a great wife. I have great... My children obey the Lord. My children obey me. My children honor me. My children serve the Lord with all of their hearts heart, and mind, soul, and strength. See, I'm declaring and speaking life instead of whining and complaining and speaking death over those situations. You never, you always, you know what I'm saying? You're never going to do this. You never do that right. You never, and, and speaking those things, and we don't realize that we're reaping the seeds we're sowing. If you want a different harvest, what do you do? You sow different seeds. Let me read to you. I need to shut down. Let me read for you a couple of quote, you know, quotes, <laughs> a couple of scriptures. Mark 11, 23, 22 through 23, 24. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Actually, the original says have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. It says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, all right, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his what? Heart. doesn't talk about your mind. talks about your heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Believe once, say three times. There's an emphasis on what we declare out of our mouth. I remember my my oldest daughter, she's not here. She'd be embarrassed if she were here, and I told you. Um, But she's not here, so I get to tell you. So, anyway, uh, when she was younger, she had to do a science project, right? Science fair project. Oh, my gosh. So, um, I've won a couple of awards. Vicariously, but I've won them, right? Because I helped do the projects. Any other people out here who vicariously won? All right. All right. Anyway. So... She's doing this science project, and what we decided is we were going to do, <laughs> we get that right, so we were going to do this science fair, I mean science project, and she had, we got like four different plants. Same kind of plant and kind of picked them out and picked the most even we could. You know, this isn't like infallible science. This was just science for a project. But we got these four plants and we made a a grid and we put them up and took pictures. And then for each one of the plants, one of them, she just let it grow. One of them, she had to uh, say bad things to it. Not like cussing at it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, down to it. One, she read the word of God to, right? And then, um, one it was something else. So that's a little while back. So anyway, what's interesting is that at the end of the 30 days what was so funny is she had to like scream and yell and and stuff at the plant. So, I mean, you know, you can, can imagine sitting here screaming and yelling at a little plant. I don't know, maybe that's common for you, but for us and her, that's not... That's not common. So, she's, so she would go in the bathroom and close the door so that she didn't have to look at us laughing at her. <laughs> Screaming at her plant. <laughs> she's in there just dogging her plant. <laughs> That's just funny to me. It's just hilarious. So, but then she had to speak live, you know, over it. And, and, and But what was interesting, at the end of the time frame, the one that she dogged actually came in last, Grove. And the one she spoke the word over was actually grew grew more. Now, it's not scientific. You know what I'm saying? It's just a project. But what I want you to know is that there's power in that. Amen? There's authority in that when we speak and declare those things in our life. What you speak to your husband or wife is going to declare and determine the outcome. What you speak over your children is going to impact their lives some of you 30, 40, 50 years old you still have struggles with certain things because of what you were told as a kid emotional issues I'm not making fun of you I'm I'm being serious you know And so what we speak in those situations have an impact. What I say about anything in my life, I'm either speaking life or death. Amen? I'm speaking life or death in those situations. And so we've got to make sure in our life that we are speaking life, we are speaking the truth. All right? And the Bible says, um, it says that, let me see it, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you brood of snakes. He says, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Every idle word. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Amen. Let me read to you out of the Amplify. It says, how can you speak good things when you're evil? For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things and the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things but I tell you on the day of judgment when men will have to give an account for every idol, every inoperative and every non-working word that they speak for by your words you'll be justified and acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned and sentenced that's a powerful scripture amen I'll leave you with this out of the abundance of your heart I love the way they amplify because it's the overflow I can come to church and at church I can make sure that I say the right things but what do I say at home how do I talk to my spouse at home how do I talk to my kids at home how do I talk to my coworkers? What do I say about my life at home? How do I speak to myself? What do I say about myself at home? What are the words that I use? You can come to church and get encouraged and, and you leave, but you can, you, can, you can diminish that and undermine that because you leave and you begin to say things that are contrary to life. But it's because it's what you believe. See, the overflow of your life is your belief. Now, listen to me. You can have faith or believe things that are evil about yourself. You can believe that. It's not the God kind of faith, but you can believe that. You have the capacity. Listen to me. Your life is a result of your belief system, good or bad. If you don't believe that you can, you know, have peace in your life, then you won't have peace because there will always be an overflow of talking about how I don't have peace and I can't have peace and I'll never have peace. And every conversation you have with people is about everything that is not peaceful. Amen? So whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is in your life, whatever area, you have to decide, I'm going to change my belief system. I'm going to change my confession. I'm going to meditate on the Word. I'm going to do some things to change that and get the Word into my heart. I'm going to be that heart that's on good ground. I'm not telling you this is easy or it won't take time. Some of us, in some areas of our life, we've gotten so hard. It may take a pickaxe to get some of that junk out. What I mean by is that it may take a little extra time of investment. But I tell you what, when you do that, the supernatural begins to break up that fallow ground, begins to take that and pulverize it, and begins to change it to where you become good ground where God can work and God can move. And it's not because of your sin. It's not because of you being a bad person. It comes back down to your belief system. But that can change. You're loved so much today. And he's given you his word. And his word is for you. His word isn't for a select few of over spiritual, super spiritual people. His word is for everybody. He's no respecter of persons. We're all on equal ground when it comes to his word and to his spirit. Amen. So we need a change. If you want to know what you really believe, this is what I encourage you to do this week. As you face challenges, if you have, you know, a spouse or, you know, you can ask your kids or your best friend, ask them, what do they normally say? What what do they normally hear out of your mouth? If you're bold enough, say, what do you, what, what, what comes out of my mouth more than anything else? Amen. And it'll help you and say, you know what? Okay, I need to change that. So you don't get condemned over it. You don't beat yourself up over it. You look and say, this can change. I can do that. Amen. Bow your heads. Father, I pray over every person. Father, I pray for their hearts to to, to be encouraged and to be challenged concerning your word and what we speak and what we say. That, Father, we can have a good confession. We can maintain the profession of our faith. And that, Father, we're not just trying to quote name it and claim it what we're doing is is we're declaring out of our mouth what your word says and that father as we receive that as we believe it and we declare it in faith that it brings change into whatever situation it brings change and father I know that it doesn't always doesn't happen overnight but as we just keep speaking life and speaking that word declaring what your word says that father it will bring change because your word is living and it's powerful and I thank you that if we have faith your word says as a mustard seed we can say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea that father we don't even have to have this great faith just faith is a mustard seed to speak into our lives speak over those around us to minister life in Jesus name I thank you for it this morning I thank you for, with your heads bowed. you say, Pastor Rob, this morning, there's an area of my life or areas of my life that I know that I need to change what I say. I need to change what's in my heart. I need to change what's coming out of my mouth. And I I just make a commitment this morning to begin to address that and begin to, to change that. Just make a commitment this morning to obey the word this morning and to begin to see that change in my life. If that's you, just slip your hand out. I'm not going to make you stand up, come up. I just, you just acknowledging. I just want to see that you're acknowledging. Amen. All right, thank you, Father. I thank you for helping by your Spirit, your grace, that it is sufficient. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you got something out of it. If you're in the area, we would love for you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock p.m.